just come from two weeks away and we had a fair amount of driving as a part of our trip. And so I've learned, as I am reminded every time we take a road trip, that I have some requirements for travel. Car snacks, we all have one, right? You all have one that is required for travel, right? Katie says M&Ms, let's, let's be surprised at that, shall we? Anyone else have a car snack they require while they travel? Licorice, oh, that was, that was the family one for me. Uh, gummy, gummy bears or gummy worms are ours, yes. Uh, car LaCroix required by me. Uh, a detailed itinerary, which surprises no one. Uh, and podcasts, plenty of podcasts to make the drive go quickly. As Sam can tell you, I'm not very good about just going with the flow and seeing what happens. I like to have a plan for when we travel. And we are in the 10th chapter of Luke's gospel today, just one chapter ahead of this in the ninth chapter, Jesus gathered the 12 and he gave them kind of a detailed itinerary of what was expected of them as disciples. He instructed them, just those 12, to go out and do disciple work. They come back and that's where we find ourselves today. From chapter 10, instead of sending out 12, Jesus gathers 70 around him, 70 from 12, and sends them out. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, Jesus says. There's a lot of work to do, but there are not that many people who want to do it. He gathers those 70 and says, go, go on your way. And then he gives a list of instructions. Don't bring anything with you. No purse, no bag, no sandals. Stay in the same house. Eat what they give you. I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Yeah, yikes, right? If this is what it means to be a disciple, I think most of us would elect to sit it out. But we too are called to go on our way. We are called to be disciples, but the problem is it doesn't mean what we think it means to be a disciple. And in today's gospel, Jesus flips the standard of what we think and what they think it means to be a disciple, and it is not comfortable. First, by definition, by Jesus' definition, discipleship is about going. We talk about being sent at the end of every time we gather, right? We say, go in peace, serve the Lord, thanks be to God, and then we go. We presumably go to do the work of discipleship. But discipleship is not just believing in Jesus. It also does not just mean going to church. It doesn't even mean inviting someone to join you for worship. I mean, that's nice. All of those things are good, but it's not discipleship. Discipleship is about more than that. It's about going somewhere else. Maybe most important in that going is that we don't go alone. Jesus, in chapter 9 and again in chapter 10 today, sends the disciples out in pairs. No one goes alone. Discipleship is hard, and we are not meant to do it by ourselves. We live in a culture 
where individuality is valued above almost everything else. We isolate ourselves, we take care of number one, we can do it on our own, and when we do it on our own, then we get the glory all on our own, right? I did this. Jesus sends the disciples out in pairs to remind them that this work is meant to be shared. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he reminded the church that they are called to bear one another's burdens, working for the good of all. Discipleship is not solitary. And if you find yourself in the world doing work by yourself, maybe we're doing it wrong. Then Jesus instructs them to bring nothing. Now, I get a little hivey when I hear this. My tendency is to overpack and overprepare when we go on a trip. I actually did take a picture of the back of our vehicle, but I didn't send it to Nick, so that's on me. But anyway, it, it was a Tetris-like, thanks to Sam, Tetris-like packed, mostly because of my overpacking. And I know, I know I'm not alone in that. We all make sure we have enough money, clothes, even the aforementioned road snacks. We pack and prepare and we make lists and we plan. I made, this is not a joke, a four-page Google spreadsheet for vacation with meal plans and packing lists and activities complete uh, with the addresses of the places nearby where we could go and how long it would take us to get to each place and what we might do there. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You should all, you should all buy Sam a beer later. <laughs> Jesus sends his disciples out with no plan no snacks, no supplies. And that means the disciples are sent out to be reliant on others. Remember, discipleship is not solitary. And not just any others, but in the case of the gospel today, the 70 are mostly being sent into Samaria, enemy territory. Samaria is a foreign land with different ways of doing things. That means change. That means openness to something new or something different. Jesus tells them twice, I might remind you, that they need to eat what's put in front of them, which of course sounds like every parent ever. As you sit down to dinner, you get what you get, but you don't throw a fit, right? But Jesus is saying this to these disciples as they enter non-Jewish lands, which means they might have food placed in front of them that is considered unclean. This is no small ask on Jesus' part. Take nothing with you. Eat what is placed in front of you. These are big challenges that ask disciples to be fully reliant on the hospitality of others. We do not like this. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want to put anyone out. We just want to make our own way. And it's not just a politeness thing, like when you visit a friend and they offer you a cup of coffee or tea and you say yes to be polite. This is a necessity. If you, as a disciple, do not eat what is given you, you don't eat. There is no backup. There is no plan B. There's no snacks in the cooler in the car. Jesus sends them out with nothing to force them to accept this kind of help from people they would otherwise not interact with. Again, discipleship is not solitary. It is communal. It is relational. It requires us, requires us to rely on each other. 
Then Jesus continues with his travel instructions. Remain in the same house. Do not move from house to house. This again is just completely opposite of the system of the day. One usually would take what you can get until a better invitation from someone higher up the social ladder would come along. This was the way things were done. So once you were at a house for a little while and somebody of more importance invited you over, you just moved on to that house and then moved on and on and on until you were at the house of the most wealthy or most powerful person in town. I mean, the more influence you garner, the better your message would work, right? Jesus says, Remain where you are. We have our ways of doing this today, too, of moving up in the world. There are people who are called, literally called influencers. That's their job title. There are people who aspire to be influencers on social media. Kids, if you ask them sometimes, say, I dream of going viral (sighs) and having thousands of followers. Our culture is built on the idea that upward is the only way. Jesus' lesson is as opposite for our system as it was to the system of those first 70. Remain where you are. This is about building relationships. It's about the long game. It's about staying, staying through disagreements and differences. It's about staying long enough to learn from each other. It's about staying long enough to accept that there are things you don't know and there are things you have to be taught as well. As someone who likes being right, I find this one particularly hard. Lastly, Jesus offers this odd instruction to dust off your feet and move along if someone doesn't welcome you. Jesus never once sugarcoated the work of discipleship. He said, you will be rejected. If you go out and preach the work of the gospel of inclusion and grace and love, people are going to tell you you're wrong. Don't be surprised. Expect it. And when, not if, when that happens, you dust off your feet and you move on. Let it go. Don't be dragged into the dirt with those who aren't ready to hear the kingdom of God is near. This image of shaking the dirt off your sandals is not some kind of moral high ground for the disciples, but it's an image of persistence. When you are rejected, you dust yourself off and continue on preaching the gospel. You continue confident in the truth of what you say, You continue not on your own, but within a community of people going together. You continue knowing that we don't have all the answers. We don't know everything, but together we err on the side of love. We err on the side of inclusion. We err on the side of seeing everyone as God sees them. When we say the kingdom of God is near, We know not everyone wants to hear it. God's coming will expose hatred and exclusion and rejection of those who would rather do things their own way. And really, maybe the culture we are being sent into hasn't changed all that much from this one. 
has it. We are today sent out into a world where more people want to hear who's in and who's out than they want to hear a message that everyone is loved. We are sent out into a world that would rather tell someone they're going to hell than hear there is a place for everyone at God's table. And when that happens, when we are rejected for that message, we dust off our feet and we move on. We persist in speaking the truth. We persist in creating radically inclusive community. We persist in being and sharing the love of God. Author and teacher and activist Father Greg Boyle said, you will always imitate the God you believe in. He said, if your God is exacting and judgmental, how can you be otherwise? But if your God has this expansive, spacious heart, how can you be otherwise? We are sent out always as disciples. We are sent out. And when we go on our way, we imitate the God we believe in. And that is the God we bring to others. That same good news in today's gospel has been spoken to you. You are loved, you are free, you are healed. Remember, Luke's gospel is all about freedom, being set free by the love of God. You are healed. You are enough. There is a place for you here. No matter what, there is a place for you here. That is the good news we hear in this place. That is the good news we gather around at the table. The temptation is to stay here, safe and comfortable and cozy. But that is not where this story ends. We are loved always and no matter what, but we are sent. Today, Jesus swiftly puts to end all of our natural instincts when it comes to what we think discipleship is. He says, don't go it alone. Don't bring anything with you. If they don't welcome you, go on your way. And if they do, stay and preach the gospel. Stay and do the work of God, which is, as Luke tells us, bring peace, cure the sick, proclaim good news to the poor, set the oppressed free, and release the captives. That is the work of discipleship. That is what God has done for us. God has brought peace, cured sick, given us good news, set us free, loved us. That is what we bring with us when we leave this place, when we are sent that good news of the wide, expansive love of God. And so the only question that remains for us this morning is, are you a disciple? Mm -hmm.